everyone. Welcome to Amp Up Autism. I'm Tabitha, your autism mom professional. I'm a registered dietitian, physician assistant, advocate, educator, author, creator, you name it, I'm it. But most important, I'm an autism mom who knows the struggle is real. My most exciting accomplishment was finding the missing piece of the puzzle that converted my son from nonverbal to verbal with just a simple diet change. It was amazing and it changed our lives beyond measure. Do you have a child with autism? If so, I have no doubt that this podcast is for you. Welcome back and thank you for joining me today on Amp Up Autism. I'm Tabitha, your autism mom professional, and this is a Tabitha Inspired production, where my goal is to open eyes and change lives about autism through my journey, my children's journey, and my expertise as a registered dietitian and physician assistant. So last week, we talked about 10 critical steps for autism parents when receiving a diagnosis. And I also talked about how one of these critical steps unlocked the key for my nonverbal son to speak. If you missed that episode, make sure you check it out so you can stay in the loop. So today I'm going to talk about the five top foods that can be offensive to children on the autism spectrum. We're also going to touch on food allergies and what I was surprised to find out that my son was allergic to. Now, I don't want to overload you with a lot of information, so this is going to be an overview to heighten your index of suspicion as to whether you notice an increase in autistic symptoms with your child. And on another day, we're going to look closer at some research studies associated with these type of foods to see what the researchers had to say. So what are offending foods when it comes to autism? Now, this is not a textbook definition or a definition from the dictionary, but this definition is derived from my personal experience and clinical observations for my child. Offending foods are any foods that have the ability to cause an increase in symptoms associated with autism, likely because these foods may not undergo the normal process of digestion. In other words, Children with autism may not metabolize or break down certain foods in their body the way a typical person can break them down. So basically, these foods may undergo a totally different pathway that may take a hit on the digestive tract, the neurological system, and the brain's ability to do their job the way it's meant to. So like I said, we will later take a deeper dive into some of these foods and look at some of the actual research studies more into depth. This can all be so overwhelming and complex. So instead, so that you can get a better understanding, we're going to chip away at this in bite-sized pieces. But today, I'm going to give you the whole kahuna. So last week, we hit two of the five, which were foods containing dairy and foods containing gluten. So let's start with dairy. Dairy is most commonly found in cow's milk. And there is a potential link to dairy and autistic symptoms. However, this hasn't been concluded in any of the research that I've seen so far, but it has been reported that dairy can cause inflammation. Now, inflammation is when a localized area of the body responds to injury. For example, if you accidentally bang your knee against a desk, our normal response is to grab our knee because, ouch, it hurts. And we tend to hold that area until the pain goes away. Now, I recall when my son was taking milk-based formula, he had reflux for about 11 months until the formula was finally changed to soy. 
but he didn't even really tolerate the soy because he was always so gassy and extremely fussy. So the question was, was it the formula or was it something else? It's hard to know. But if the dairy was actually causing him to have inflammation in the digestive tract, or if it involved inflammation in the brain or somewhere else in the neurological system, this may have been contributing to his autistic symptoms. But dairy contains calcium, and calcium is supposed to be good for us. Now, my thought is that maybe this is why it hasn't been fully concluded, because removing dairy in the form of milk, cheese, yogurt, all of those typical ways that we normally consume our calcium, especially for a growing child, wouldn't that make them deficient in calcium? But in actuality, when you really think about it, even though dairy contains high sources of calcium, it's not the only way to receive calcium in the diet. There are other non-dairy foods such as leafy green vegetables, sweet potatoes, white beans, even orange juice that's fortified with calcium and vitamin D. But yeah, it's a challenge to get your children to eat something that they're not familiar with. Now, what I'm not saying is to stop eating milk, cheese, and yogurt. But I would consider the food elimination diet for at least a good two weeks and substituting those foods that contain dairy with other sources of calcium. The key here is during that time to thoroughly document any changes that you notice in the child's behavior, mannerisms, or characteristics while they're not on this dairy. And when you reintroduce it, see if there are an increase in autistic symptoms. The second food source we talked about are foods containing gluten. And this can also cause inflammation on the body, especially in children with autism. It can possibly affect the neurological system, the gut, and the brain. Inflammation. If those areas are inflamed, it could potentially induce an exacerbation of autistic symptoms. Now, I gave the example last week of how I removed the gluten from my son's diet when he was almost seven, and he actually started saying words. And ultimately, this led to his ability to engage in meaningful conversation with real words. But I have no hardcore evidence that the segment of his brain that's associated with his speech was inflamed by gluten-containing foods. But I do know, once I removed the gluten, that was when the glassy-eyed, confused appearance on his face totally resolved, and he actually started to talk. So what is gluten? So many gluten-containing foods actually fall in the category as complex carbohydrates. Some have dietary fiber, and many are responsible for providing several B vitamins, such as thiamine, riboflavin, niacin, and folate and minerals such as iron, magnesium, and selenium. Now, these complex carbohydrates are made up of sugar molecules that are strung together in this long, complex chain. And these will be foods like your whole grains, certain vegetables, beans, and peas. And these complex carbohydrates, they actually turn into sugar, so the body can utilize them as energy. But if the body doesn't use it as energy, it turns into fat. Now, there's another type of carbohydrate called refined carbohydrates, and those are not the best for you because those actually lack nutritional value. And you may see it classified as simple carbohydrates or processed carbs. And the two main types are the refined and the processed sugars, such as table sugar, which is known as fructose, high fructose corn syrup, agave syrup. All of those are considered to be refined sugars. And then you have refined grains. And these are grains that have had the fibrous and nutritious parts removed. 
So it used to be really hard to remove gluten from the diet because everything had gluten in it. But as technology advanced, at the same time, evolution was taking place with health awareness and more people were noticing what foods made them feel bad. And many of those foods contained gluten. Now, back in the day, when I first started practicing as a dietitian, it was heavily promoted and recommended that individuals consume 6 to 11 servings of grain per day. But there was really no discussion about gluten being a part of those grains. And later, we started to notice an increase in obesity, especially in children, and diabetes skyrocketed. But as it relates to autistic children, the type of grains that are chosen matters. Now, not all grains contain gluten, but you really have to read the ingredients and look for gluten-free options. So I would never recommend to anyone to stop dairy and to stop gluten all at the same time, because then you won't have sufficient documentation to know which one is actually really the culprit. So for my son personally, he was already lactose intolerant, so I didn't have to worry about the dairy. But when I removed the gluten, that is when I was able to document the changes that I saw in his speech. And keep in mind, you can replace gluten-free foods with other foods that provide those same nutrients and B vitamins that you would be missing from gluten-free foods. The third item we're going to look at are foods containing sugar. And we already talked about the refined simple carbohydrates that have no nutritional value. So these carbs last for the moment to get rid of your hunger pains, but they're not like complex carbohydrates that last longer in our system to sustain our satiety. So for example, if you're super hungry, you might grab a candy bar, but it only lasts for the moment and you're going to get hungry again much faster than if you were to eat a complex carbohydrate, such as whole grain rice with your meal. So refined sugar has different effects on different people. For my son, it causes him to be extremely hyper. For my daughter, it causes her to experience depressive type symptoms. For me, I noticed that sugar, gluten, dairy, and even citrus containing foods cause me to experience severe joint pain, which is inflammation in my joints. So there's definitely something to what foods we choose to put in our body. That's why I emphasize in episode three that keeping a good food diary or food journal is a critical must because if you can minimize the autistic symptoms by certain foods that may be triggering these symptoms, this is going to help your child to stay more focused and to have a better outcome, especially if any of these foods induce negative behaviors. Now, corn is another big one, especially for my son. I remember when I took him to the movies for the first time and he had popcorn. Within the first 30 minutes of the movie, he was fine and he seemed to be laughing appropriately. But shortly after, he started tweeting like a bird uncontrollably. I couldn't figure it out. We had to end up leaving the movie because he was so loud. But when we got home, he was rolling around on the floor, holding his belly in pain. I was thinking, oh my gosh, is it his appendix or what? But the pain gradually resolved. So a few weeks later, we went back to see the movie again. But this time, I went on a day when the movie was being shown in a more sensitive setting for people with special needs. You know, the volume wasn't too loud and the parents were more understanding of the atypical behaviors. So he was still nonverbal at that time. And I started walking towards the theater, hoping that he would follow. But he was persistent and he would not follow me. So I bought the smallest bag of popcorn that they had. 
So again, we're sitting in this movie, he's laughing appropriately, and about 30 minutes later, he started tweeting like a bird. And he was loud. But I felt more comfortable staying this time because it was an environment that accommodated special needs children. But after that, I always made sure that I packed my parent-approved concession stand in my purse so that when we got in the movies, we wouldn't run into that problem. So I had brown rice cakes and, you know, watered-down juices, things of that nature. So according to Google and some studies that we'll look at later, since 1972, corn has been the top pesticide-using crop in the nation based on the findings from the USDA. It also reports that a growing body of research, including a 2013 study in the Journal of Entropy, suggests a potential link between exposure to the herbicide, glyphosate, and the risk of autism. Now, it's hard to remove corn from the diet because many gluten-free cereals replace the wheat with corn. So I've always searched for cereals that are made from brown rice with a low content of sugar. Or I would just buy gluten-free oatmeal, which my son absolutely loves. Corn is one of those foods that's hard to digest. I mean, think about how hard a popcorn kernel is. And even after mechanically grinding it with our teeth, which is the first stage of digestion, it not only gets stuck in our teeth in full force, but it can actually attach to the gut which causes irritation and inflammation. Therefore, these foods have difficulty metabolizing and they may instead become irritants to the digestive tract. And when it's just sitting in the gut causing inflammation, this can lead to an increase in autism symptoms, even strange behaviors like my son demonstrated. Now, the fifth group includes processed foods and artificial ingredients. This is a big one because it's so easy for us to grab fast food or grab a microwavable meal and keep it moving, not even thinking about what's actually in it. If you take the time to read the ingredients of processed foods, the likelihood is there's going to be 101 or maybe 1,001 ingredients that you can't even pronounce the name or identify really what it is. This is equivalent to chaos and confusion in the digestive tract. And that's what processed foods and artificial ingredients are, chaos and confusion. Now, if we can't even read it and recognize what it is, how can we expect our already complex autistic child to recognize these ingredients in their body and expect their already sensitive systems to metabolize it even when the most basic proteins like casein and gluten aren't being metabolized properly. These processed foods contain artificial ingredients. These include things like nitrates and nitrites, MSG, which is monosodium glutamate, GMOs, which are genetically modified organisms. And the most common GMO is in the form of corn. There are also dyes such as red dye 40 and yellow dye this and blue dye that. These are artificial ingredients that can potentially have a significant impact on your child's autistic symptoms. And this is just a few of them. Read your food labels and stick with making choices of products that include the basic ingredients that you can recognize. You may have to Google some things, but be mindful because all of these offending foods have numerous alias names, especially corn and its derivatives. So if you're trialing with the food elimination diet, Be aware and don't be fooled because an item that's labeled as lactose-free 
only means that it's free from the milk sugar lactose, but it's not free from the milk protein, casein, or whey. And whey is the byproduct of the liquid remaining after milk is curdled and strained. So now let's briefly touch on allergies. And we're going to go deeper into this topic with some research studies at another time. But I wanted to mention this because during my journey, I didn't realize this initially. But there were certain allergies and irritants that were actually worsening my son's autistic symptoms. I took him to an allergist to get tested when he was about eight years old. And he had the blood testing, which looked for specific common allergens. And after getting the results, I only wished I would have taken him so much sooner because his levels were elevated for just about everything on the allergy panel. Now, all the levels weren't extremely high, but the range was from slightly elevated to significantly elevated. And I found that he was off the chart allergic to cats and dogs. I mean, when it came to cats, His numbers were immeasurable, too numerous to count. So why is this important? Well, because we had two cats living in our house since the day he was born. And he didn't even display typical allergy symptoms like the red runny eyes or sniffling and sneezing. At that time, all he did was cry and he was extremely irritable. I mean, So miserable, but I could not figure out why he was crying. There were no clues. So I later even wondered if long-term exposure to an allergen without any intervention could be associated with autism. So I looked it up and actually I found a study about it, which I'm going to share with you during our journey through this podcast. So even with all of his high levels, the allergist explained to me that when the levels are slightly elevated, it's not technically considered to be a true allergy, but there could be a sensitivity to those allergens. And that sensitivity can be displayed in different ways. And during my observation, I noticed that some of these slightly elevated allergens were contributing to his aggressive behaviors. So I share this with you today to reiterate that parents with children on the autism spectrum must be vigilant and diligent when it comes to finding the missing piece of the puzzle for their specific child. I can only give you the information and share my experience, but I can't speak for how your child is individually affected. Because remember, not every child with autism is going to respond the same to treatments or testing. So that's going to wrap up this week's podcast. I hope this information has been helpful and I hope it encourages you to share your story because when everyone shares their story, we get closer to putting that whole piece of the puzzle together. So the Amp Up Autism podcast is going to take a short pause so that we can start preparing to get our kiddos back to school and for the upcoming Labor Day holiday. Now, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the prior episodes, take notes, and absorb what was being said, take a moment to regroup, listen to those episodes, get back in the loop, organize, and prepare for our upcoming discussions in the fall. Now, this is a message of hope because I want you to know that the pieces of the puzzle for your child are out there. You just got to figure out what they are. So today's scripture comes from Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, that says, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. 
Take a moment and meditate on this scripture as you go through your journey, searching for the pieces of the puzzle for your child. And just sincerely ask, seek, and knock, and God will open your eyes and lead you in the direction during your journey. But the key is you have to believe. So this has been Amp Up Autism, and I'm Tabitha, your autism mom professional. This has been another Tabitha Inspired production. If you want to learn more about me, don't forget to check out my new website at TabithaInspired.com. And you can also find all of my social media links there and follow me. And while you're perusing my page, you can learn more about my amazing heartfelt journey through my book, No Cross, No Crown, A Journey Through Autism, Bullying, and Spiritual Warfare which is available for pre-order right now on my website only. Anything else being sold anywhere else is the incorrect version. But I'll keep you posted as to when it will be available online with other suppliers. But for now, you can find it on TabithaInspired.com. So pre-order your autographed copy today. So guys, enjoy the rest of your summer. And make sure you reconnect with me on Amp Up Autism on Tuesdays with Tabitha, reconvening on September 13th. Peace, much love, and blessings. See you then.